Welcome to Helpful Social Work. Social work has the power to change people's lives for the better. This podcast aims to help you learn, think and act with integrity so people who need social work get help that will transform their lives. I'm Jo. And I'm Jerry, and this is the last podcast of Series 3, it's 10B, and it's an intercontinental podcast, um, because I'm in Devon, and Joe is in... Maruya, on the beach. Whereabouts is Maruya? And if you... Maruya's on the south coast, um, just down from Sydney, it's a, a really, really beautiful place. And if you hear any noise, Jerry, kind of like scary noise, it's just possums fighting in the gum tree outside. So don't worry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Um, so what we've done over series three is we've looked at the social work journey from first encounter to closure. That was all our A podcasts. And in the B podcasts, we've had conversations about other disciplines and what we can learn from them for social work. We've got a new series starting in April, which is very soon. And that's going to be looking at the human journey through the social work lens from pre-birth to end of life. And also in the B podcasts, tackling some of the really big issues in the world, again, through a social work lens. Uh, so that will be things like migration, climate change, racism, identity. Conversations, Jerry, not solving them, I hope. Although that would be great if we thought we could. If we thought we could, we'd probably be dangerous, wouldn't we? Um but yeah, we can Probably. at least be curious and see what we can identify about them. And I'm pleased to say that we've had over 28,000 downloads so far. So that's holding steady that's at good. around 400 listens an episode. So thank you so much for people who are listening. And the most popular one this series, which is actually the most popular one ever, has remained 3A, which was on assessment. So clearly that's something that people are mm. concerned about. And we're very grateful to all the people who share the podcast, um, for me, particularly colleagues in Basel, UK, um, but also people in different organisations, different countries, um, quite a few students, um, practitioners who shared it, people who are educating others, social workers. And it's really, really nice mm. when we see that. And it's particularly lovely when people get in touch and tell us that they like it. Yeah, it means a lot to us, that's for sure. We'd love to hear more of that. So you can get in touch with us by visiting our website, www.helpfulsocialwork.com, or by commenting on iTunes, or on our Facebook page, Helpful Social Work Podcast, um, or get, getting us on Twitter, or actually just coming and finding us wherever we happen to be, if you happen to be yes. in England. Uh, or Australia, I'm at the beach, as I said. <laughs> now, we're doing a bee podcast this time, but it's a special one because it's going to be a review of the year from 2018 to 19, April to March, which is our podcast year. And really, we're going to be thinking about the year overall, thinking about what we've both been doing and, and probably talking a little bit about topics that we that we podcasted this year as well. Yes, and review, we always start with the definition, review means to see again, and I suppose there is a question about whether we want to see the year again, as well as mm. whether we should. So in terms of whether we want to, I have really mixed feelings about 2018 to 19. It has felt like quite a tough year. Um, some of the big things around austerity politics and growth in poverty and issues around identity politics and oppression, and also in the UK, the kind of looming Brexit issue and the division mm. has made me feel like it's not been a great year. But there is a really interesting 
um, principle and appreciative inquiry, which is that in every organisation, group or country, there is something good. And actually, there is lots of good stuff. And we've just had World Social Work Day, and that has really turned my thinking around. And that was on the 19th of March, and it was celebrating um, the importance of human relationships. And there was just lots of hope and unity and learning and lots of good stories from practitioners and from people with lived experience and from the whole social work community, really. And one of the things that was really lovely um, was that on the island of Ireland, which is one of the places where there's a lot of discussions around borders and division and issues, there was a joint event between Baswell Northern Ireland and the Irish Association of Social Workers, and that took place halfway between Belfast and Dublin. And lots of social workers came along to that and there was lots of sharing. So, yeah, I feel quite hopeful, actually. Yeah, it is interesting the last year. I think for me, the overwhelming focus was on Brexit. But I felt that it should have been on the experience of people day to day trying to cope with the impact of austerity. And for me, the two became very conflated and then overwhelmed by the Brexit debate, which I found frustrating However, like you, in all of this, I met a lot of really inspirational social workers last year who were really standing up for children, young people, families they worked for. Um, I worked with a lot of authorities that continued to find ways to improve their service offering just through real determination. And there was more and more leaders who spoke about spoke out about the unacceptable impact austerity had on the ability of local authorities to meet their obligations to people. And then... For me personally, lastly, the in and out debate made me try and look at both sides of the stories. I think I've said to you before, I try to read books that wouldn't normally attract me and articles that contradict my worldview and listen really hard to opinions that are different from mine. And this has been helpful and challenging. I, I think I just came to a point when all the noise and fury from both sides convinced me that there was not one right answer. And then yesterday dropped into my little inbox a fabulous article published in the New Statement, Statesman, which I know is not very diverse for me, by Rowan Williams, again, someone I do think a lot of. But his point was that the work ahead of us as a nation of people was to have a readiness to suspend belief in unqualified rightness of our own interests and to try and imagine a state of affairs emerging that could be manageable for both of us and for those who do not share our ideas and priorities. And he talked in this article of the common good, a perspective that delivers a shared life and aspiration for the entire social community, even if it doesn't correspond to exactly the first choice of any one group. And I think that's my takeaway from the struggles of the past year. I think as a society, we're capable of being so much more than polarised viewpoints or a place where the poor become poorer in every way. And so, you know, my challenge for the year ahead is to imagine a community where we work together for the common good. That's really, really good way of thinking about it. The What you've made me think, actually, is some of the, the kind of trends that I've seen in social work practice and kind of oversight that have been um, really hopeful as well, because the social work sector has been quite fractious at times too because we have got this mm. issue with just lots of demand and limited resource and that makes people feel quite pressured and people are really pressured um so work that's being done i've seen a lot more work happening around supervision and around support for staff obviously baswell's been doing a campaign about working conditions that we podcasted about we've got um 
quite a lot big focus now on appreciative inquiry so learning from things that have gone well mm. that's starting I'm starting to see more people wanting to do that and I feel like those those kind of uh, that movement maybe it's about recognizing the complexity and the um the debate and the difference of views and trying to find mm ways to sustain ourselves but also to kind of gradually build up consensus there's something really positive about people looking to their own practice and their own work as well so let's take a little look through the through the year shall we um i've okay. had a look at the news um, the social work news uh, largely from the association of social workers kind of news feed but also from other things that have gone on in twitter and that kind of stuff um and across you know some some social work news makes the actual headlines as well um to see what's gone on and this time last year we were waiting for an adult social care green paper in england and we're still waiting mm. for it and the regulator was being set up in england as well we have quite a patchwork in england of of post-qualifying education and standards and i think social work england is one of the things that will mean that we'll be looking more at how how that all kind of comes together so what are the standards for public protection from the regulator but also what more should social workers ourselves but also maybe um you know the government might want to be bringing in more regulation as well so we've got quite a lot going on in that area at the moment and um, we did talk about that in a podcast but i think it was in series two Yes, and I think for me, when when I look at all of that, I mean, I, I see in children's services a kind of um, relaxing of the stress, the idea that um, accreditation um, of social workers in children's services was putting on social workers. I've seen a lot more social workers kind of stepping up to that in a more relaxed way for themselves which is really good so it's not a preoccupation for them anymore and where that goes ultimately you know we are into our um, I think our second cohort now and I'm definitely working with a number of authorities who are who are um, helping their social workers prepare for accreditation um, but it does seem to be something that isn't as distressing for, for um, practitioners as perhaps it was a year ago. That's interesting. I mean, I certainly remain of the view that it's not the priority, given the pressures, no. um, and that we should be recognising social work practice and giving people the opportunity to do good practice, and that that mm. ideally would be led by the profession. So there's, there is a lot of discussion that will go on around regulation, I think, over the next year or so. Um, yes. Then what else happened? So, yeah, um, in our kind of springtime... A social worker called Mantha Ramira was imprisoned in Israel um, and the uh, the social workers, social workers association here and also um, in other parts of the world called for his release and actually he was later released. Um, he had been um, campaigning for children's rights I believe. So I suppose I've, put, I've thought about that because it's social work activism that actually helped to resolve the situation, but it's also the kind of global um, support of social workers. And you know, later in the year when, for example, there was a policy in America to separate parents and children at the borders, um, the, Na the National Association of Social Workers there protested it, and then other associations around the world also kind of joined that um, and spoke up about it. So there's that sort of solidarity element 
which because yeah. I hadn't been involved um, in thinking that much about international social work, I hadn't thought about that much. But it's actually really positive when you start to see it. You see a lot of things of that kind. And it's very healthy and helpful for us too, isn't it? Because it shows us that things can be done. And um, another thing, of course, that happened last year was universal credit being rolled out um, and social workers raising concerns about the impact that that had and is continuing to have on the people they're working with. And I think that that's something that we need to keep highlighting. We need to keep highlighting not only individual cases, but kind of you know, the large impact that it's having on communities and areas um, so that we can help the government think about how to um, shape their welfare in a compassionate and responsible manner. Yes, and there's been a, a campaign, again, by Baswell. I'm going to talk quite a lot about Baswell just because of the nature of the role that I've had over the last year, um, but it is also the, the biggest social work organisation in the UK. So they're there was a motion at the annual general meeting last June to combat the two-child cap, and there has been um, work to gather stories about the impact of it on people's lived experience. There was actually a partial U-turn in January um, around that, but there's still a lot of issues with universal credit. It's still kind of plans mm -hmm. to be rolled out a lot more, um, and it ties in with other big issues around disability benefits um, and yes. other other resources in this country that people would have had access to really about to to live independently and to have greater citizenship that are being mm. cut. Yes, I think we definitely need to keep thinking about that. And in May 2018, we lost Tessa Jow, um, and she passed away after a courageous fight against brain cancer. And she was, um, you know really important uh, for us as social workers. She was a psychiatric social worker. She went on to be assistant director of mental health charity Mind. Um, and then, of course, she was in the new Labor government. And she actually set up the Sure Start program um, that provided early help to thousands of families across the country. And it's really good, isn't it, when you realise that social workers can have that yeah. level of impact. Um, I mean, we have impact in lots of little ways all the time, but having that visible, um, yeah, visible impact is really wonderful. Yeah, mm. and that social workers can be political and can be successful politicians. Um, in May and again in December, there was reports from the Independent Review of the Mental Health Act. So again, that's England and Wales, but it's it's interesting because I think it's not only interesting in itself because it's looking at is the Mental Health Act working? Um, is it providing the support that's needed for people who are experiencing real struggle? Um, but also it was looking particularly at issues with equality and oppression and particularly around the overrepresentation of people from black and minority ethnic groups. And so it's, it's another kind of step really towards um, responding to the fact that things are still institutionally really weighted and really um really unequal and mm. that's something that i've been thinking about a lot this year you know the, the representation of our organizations how we make sure that we're inclusive how services provide i mean it's something that social workers think about all the time but it, it there's been a lot more of a lens hasn't there on identity and on um people's different groups needs and rights and entitlements and um and how accessible and, and open things are Yes, and there are still too many places really 
where the power is held by, um, you know, white privileged people, basically. Um, and that's something that we need to be thinking about all the time. And that comes up particularly in children's services where our client base is still really overrepresented by people who experience poverty. Yeah, and our, our chief executive in Vasco wrote in um, the, our magazine, I think last month or the month before, about work that we're doing to develop a, a much stronger equality and inclusion strategy. Because mm. again, the the board, for example, that, that I chair isn't representative of all social workers, um, and we may need to make sure our membership. Essentially, our social workers need to be representative of the people they work with and the population, and then the the people who represent social workers need to be representative of social work mm, and it, there's mm. a lot to do to ensure that that's the case and that everyone feels able to he, he, be be heard and be seen don't forget that you had the boot out austerity march yes for, for Baswa. That, that happened in was that in may or june that was in june that was it, just before the agm yeah. um which yeah. was in cardiff so there was a there was a march, yeah, and that's ongoing work, isn't it, around austerity? And actually, I think the other thing that's happened in that area is that social workers have been campaigning a lot more around homelessness, um, and the mm. public concern about homelessness has risen a lot, I think, over the year as well. Good. That's all I could say about that. It's just you know, I'm sorry, but wherever I go in the country, um, I see much more visible homelessness than I've seen in a long time. And I, and I just think as I'd love to see us as a country wake up one morning and say, actually, we're not accepting homelessness, you know, well, in, in the Greater same way Manchester, that Finland did. Um, Greater Manchester has said that everyone should have a bed. Their, their yes, new mayor good. has kind of been working on that. And it's, it's really difficult um, not to give people a bed, but to help people be able to live somewhere um, yeah both physically Absolutely. and emotionally I'm... and everything so yeah, yeah. we've undone yeah. a lot of the services that would have made that much more possible or kept people safe to start with it's not a simple issue by any means and yes there are some people who as you say really struggle to be able to find a way to feel safe enough to actually take shelter or stay in shelter um but it's it's something that's worth us thinking hard about all the time yeah and it's what like you were saying at the start because you know, things are complex doesn't mean that we should just go oh well i'll just you know, take a fixed view and not mm. engage with the complexity mm. um mm. i should mention as well early last summer there was uh, a tender for the fast track program in england um and that sparked a letter from the association of social workers and also from university educators with concerns about um about about the tender. So this is a tender that previously was held by Frontline and actually was awarded to Frontline mm. again in, in January this year. And the concerns were around the use of public money for education and also around um, diversity, having people who, who had that generic understanding of social work and um, also around links to universities between kind of fast track courses and um, you know, when social work education had been university based previously. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of those, that, yeah, that conversation is still really live. Um, and I think the big thing for me on that is making sure that we don't divide amongst ourselves as a social work profession. Um, we are all 
social workers and we've got to make sure that we hang on to that idea of of one profession he you know in this country in the uk in europe in the world and and that's that can be difficult when there's um an imbalance it's particularly in resources for different reasons. We have to know why we're why we're educating people to what level for what reason and what we think people will get out of it, and do can we track that output with with outcomes for children and their families and adults because that's what we really want to know is is everything we're doing to improve the profession actually improving the life chances of the people we serve. Um, and I guess that's one of the good things perhaps about the What Works centres that have come up where they're starting to look at evidence. I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough from them yet to know that, but but we do really need to understand, don't we, where our resources are going and how we're spending them um, to make a difference. Yes, and to make sure that there's really fair access. And, um, yeah, yeah, so the... It's interesting. That, I mean, there's been a lot of work, hasn't there, to bring evidence into the social work profession. We've we've both been involved in that for quite a long time. Mm. Um, you longer than me. The What Work Centres are looking at particular topics, which I think can also be very helpful as well. Um, and then there's always the question about how do we make sure that people get that evidence into their hands and can really use it. And so mm. the thing that I've, I've kind of thought more and more this year is it's very often not capability. It's opportunity that people need. I so agree with you, Jerry. But you've been saying I, I that really for a long time, haven't you? I know I have, but I wouldn't mind the opportunity to say it again. <laughs> because I just, I, I think people's intentions and people's desire to use evidence and to learn and to do the best job that they can is, is always been high to me. I mean, I just see, I do see thousands of social workers each year and the majority of them really want to do an excellent job. But often what is lacking for them is that the, what's challenging for them is the context they're working in. And one of the things that I struggle with is when any kind of, of training or any kind of evidence or any kind of toolkit is used to say, now the context doesn't matter. They've got this thing, so they should be able to do it. And and I and in the past year I've really struggled to make sure that all the training that we're offering is is not seen as the answer, as in not seen as going in there to fix somebody. Um, yeah, I think it's a really tricky area. But by the same token, an ongoing learning culture where people remain curious and where we're always up for testing our own belief systems and for learning what, what the latest evidence is, is, is fantastic. And I, I love the fact that social work education um, is strong. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and it's great that people, lots of people want to be social workers. There's lots of um, yes. really passionate people going into the profession and um, we need to encourage that and encourage them to, to be curious from day one and then also really hang on to the people who have got wisdom and experience you can help guide them um, so that we have that really vibrant mix um, so yeah June last year it was the Bas I was quite preoccupied because it was the Basra AGM on the 13th of June and also my mum's 70th birthday on the 14th of June was the actually, actually the first anniversary of the Grenfell Tower fire 
um, right. in which 72 people died. And there's a public inquiry that's ongoing. Um, and there's been marches for justice around Grenfell regularly. There was a big one on the 14th of June, um, which was really about calling for justice. And yeah, we've got, it ties back to what we're talking about around inequality and um, how much care there is for different people in our yes, society. Absolutely. Um, one one positive thing that has, um, one hopeful thing that has um, grown from this is that there's been some work done nationally in the UK around the role of social work in disasters and what social workers can and should do to support people and support communities and that's been done with people with lived experience so that's I feel that that's something to hang on to um absolutely and I think that you know I mean it's a lovely quote by John Dudley isn't it there are times for quiet remembrance and that can be powerful but today and he's talking about that 14th of June March was about shouting out for social justice and we must keep shouting and I think that's the thing is we, we shouldn't be tired. And so last summer was the International Federation of Social Workers and the similar organisation for education and for uh, social development um, conference and the world conference really for social work. And that happened in Dublin. So it was more noticeable in this part of the world, let's say the UK, um, because of because of being so close. It was also the global meeting for the International Federation of Social Workers. And um, I was really lucky to be able to go to both of those. There was um, a lot of discussion at that meeting. And one of the things that happened was the Latin Ameri uh, first Latin American president was elected, Silvana Martinez. So she is the first president of the International Federation of Social Workers to come from Latin America. And I think that that marks a change actually as well. Uh, and we talked about the conference in me in podcast 5B because I'd just come back from it and was really excited. Um, and there was a lot of focus there mm. on climate justice and the UN Sustainable Development Goals, um, how we can make space for good social work, lots of discussion around and examples of community social work, people bringing examples from around the world. Um, and there was also some quite challenging discussions around what social work can do um, or not do that undermines the good life for people. So particularly discussions mm. around white privilege and colonialism and how we, you know, with our, hist our troubled history actually as a profession, but not trying to kind yes. of bring everyone down, but to make us really aware, because it's this question that I, I find myself coming back to all the time, which is what are we doing now that later on we'll realise was a terrible idea? Because we are, we're, we're of our time. We're of our context, aren't we? And so within our context, we do what we think is the right thing. But actually, as that context shifts and changes, um, and hopefully as we continue to grow and evolve as a species, um, yeah, then I'm sure there'll be things that we will look back on and just think, yeah, what were we thinking of? And the thing that I most came away with from that, conference was not or oh, maybe I should give up because I could make things worse but that I should be really open about what I'm doing and who I am and why I'm here and I think mm -hmm. it's that so there was this wonderful expression about acknowledge where you've journeyed from 
um, and that you're a visitor on someone else's territory. And so if you're always saying, <clears throat> this is who I am, this is why I'm here, I'm a visitor, mm. then you're opening a dialogue, aren't you, for, yeah. for relationships? It's something that's very big here in Australia, actually. So if you go um, to a school or if you have a meeting, um, the first thing in the meet, like I was at a conference the other day, I presented at a conference, and the conference organiser opened up by stating whose territory we were on. Um, and and um, acknowledge the traditional owners of the land um, before we even started the conference. So this is, you know, a, a way of trying to get us to realise that, yes, we are here, but someone was here before us and, you know, at, we, we thrived really at their cost and often continue to do so. Yes, yeah. It's the first step, isn't that acknowledgement? Um, yeah. Because it does then mean that there can be listening. And well, if you're mindful about something, if you're keeping it in mind, then you can try to find ways to be open to other people's point of view and and open to repair or change. Yeah. So through... Um... Through the summer, there were various marches, um, women's marches, mm. uh, anti-Trump march because Donald Trump visited London um, and indeed Scotland as well, I think he went to. Uh, there was um, a Mental Capacity Act amendment bill that was going on. And actually, that's quite interesting because I think across the, across different countries, there's more and more thinking about capacity and what that means and how we safeguard people's right to make decisions, mm. even when they're struggling to make them or can't make a particular decision. But that also ties into a lot of developments that have been around our awareness of coercion. So that's come into legislation in um, several countries of the UK, if not all. And it's also, there's been a big case recently where someone who was convicted of murder um, has been it's been agreed that there could be a retry, re retrial because of coercive control, essentially, of this person over a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. So we are starting to understand that capacity isn't just can I make a decision, but also can I execute it? Um, what you know, What's the context as well as what's going on with me? And that's, I think quite interesting and it ties into a, another big development or something that not, it's not a development really but people talking much more about um, youth violence and mm. also um, involvement in county lines which is kind of drug traffic um, you know, um, using using young people to yeah, using people to move drugs, drugs around yeah yeah, yeah. that's right um, and again there's a big question of how much capacity do people have what's the coercion What's the contextual mm. factors that are, are causing this? And that also fits with really recent developments around um, young people who went off to fight. Um, yes. Or people who were That's what I was thinking of when you talked yeah. about this. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the fact that what they were young people when they went um, and and that they went over there full of idealism does not mean that they were making a fully informed decision and that they had the ability or the understanding to to 
imagine what the whole of their life and all those consequences were going to be. I think it's very hard to understand long-reaching consequences of things when you're an adolescent. Sometimes hard to understand them now, isn't it? Yeah, and it's nuanced again, isn't yeah. it? We've got to yeah. not just think about what somebody is, how someone is behaving, but why, what's going on around mm. them. Mm. And that's, I, I do sometimes, I do often think actually that the social work lens would be a very useful one for other people to be able to pick up. Oh, I so agree with that as well. I I think it's one of the things that we have to contribute to a lot of debates. And that's why I, I, I love the idea of us being active in other arenas other than our own. It's one of the great things I've enjoyed about being here in Australia, working with financial advisors. So we're into the autumn, late autumn. Uh, there was a standing conference for social work in the UK, which Basel organised, but was representatives of social work across the UK and different organisations, um, uh, different kind of groups. And the themes for that were working conditions, because we launched some research around that, which was our podcast, mm. um, how yep. we can combat poverty and its effects and inequality, um, and also relationship-based social work, which I think is really making quite a comeback, partly because of the World Social Work Day theme, but also just because... It's good. It's sound. It's what mm, as we look at what's working. To... It fit. It, you know, it's part of all of the things that work. It speaks to our value base, I think, more clearly than perhaps lots of models have done so in the past. Um, I see social workers really glad to um, hear about this and to have conversations and to think about this. In fact, I was involved um, in a really lovely celebration day with one of the authorities that we've both worked in actually on and off over the years and for a long time. Um, and they were celebrating their social work journey and how they were moving into relation-based social, relationship-based social work. And the um, stories that they told were, were fantastic, really moving it was lovely to see. Yeah, so maybe to say it's come back is wrong. It's never gone away, has it? But I think no. we've, it's, social workers have always recognised the value of it. But I think, again, we've started to see that giving more opportunity for it is what will ultimately make the difference. Um, and then, yes, there's been discussions about money. There was a budget in the autumn. There was another one, um, a statement not so long ago this spring we all, you know, the response from the social work and social care sector was, oh, there's not really enough funding though, is there? But there was this kind of re uh, narrative that started from the government that austerity is kind of at an end, at the, be at the beginning of the end, but that's really not the experience of the public. No, definitely not. And, and I think for the public, that can feel really frustrating. You know, when you're being told that something's finished, and nothing is changing in your day-to-day -day experience. Um, you know, the shops are still closing. People are still struggling to make ends meet. We're still seeing the homelessness. The NHS is still in difficulties. I think, um, I think, I think people, you know, that's one of the reasons I think that there's a real loss of trust between people and politicians at the moment, which is really a shame because politics and politicians are so important. And we had a visit in November from the United Nations Special Rapporteur, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, highlight, who highlighted the severity of poverty in the UK. And he actually said, I'm going to 
quote it because it's pretty shocking. It is nothing short of a national outrage that in the world's fifth largest economy, 1.5 million people, approximately equivalent to the population of Northern Ireland, are destitute and child poverty continues to increase. Furthermore, many of the problems we face have been caused by a dogged and unflinching approach to pursuing austerity at all costs, an approach driven by political choice rather than economic necessity. Here, here. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've actually, again, I look at that and I think, oh my word. And then I think that's really a good place to push back and say, no, it is a choice, not a necessity. Um, it's fallen so unequally. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be like this because I think it's amazing what people will get used to. We're wonderfully resilient and we will get used to things, but we've got used to food banks, many of us when, you know, yes. everyone should be outraged. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's things like that. It's just, it's pushing back on that idea that this has to be the way and, and that horrible myth that everyone's in it together which has never been the case. No, and the divide continues to grow and grow. Yeah. So, we're back we're back in a we're back in a a, a deeply worrying place here in March, Jerry. Have we got anything that good um, that happened? Well, there's a few things that um there's a few things actually that happened right at the start of 2019 that were kind of good. So the NHS published their long-term plan, and it's really obvious from that that social care is required for the health service to thrive. And yes. integration has been a, a big trend. And it's still a trend. Yeah, it's going to keep being the way that people, that the politicians and strategic leaders think about developing services that you bring health and social care and other agencies together. And there is an issue, of course, of does the social work values and the model, the social model get diluted? But I actually see that there's lots of scope for social work and particularly, but social care to influence health. And we're starting to see things like social prescribing. Um, we're hearing health people talking about the importance of social care. Um, and the other thing that happened earlier this year that, that really inspired me was the research around social work through the troubles published in Northern Ireland because we talked about that in one of our podcasts in part of the intro. Social workers did remarkable things um, because they were working in extraordinary times and the values that shone through and the peer support was incredible. And that's that's the thing that we see, isn't it? We see social work values in action and we see people supporting one another. And it is really inspiring. Mm. Um, and, and actually, I just, we should mention, because it's not very long ago, um, the shooting in Christchurch and the Aotearoa New Zealand Association of Social Workers put out a statement which said um, as we come together to pay tribute to the victims of the Christchurch terror attack all who are serving them in the wider community at this time let us never lose sight of the fact that our diversity here in Aotearoa New Zealand and across the world enriches us all mm. and, and it's that enrichment isn't it for us all helping one another out that I think, and is, I think that, yeah. Sorry, Jerry. That's what okay. I think we can come back to at the end. Yes, of and I think that um, Jacinda Arden has also really um, shown really relational and compassionate leadership at this time. You know, she's really reached out to people. Um, she has modelled 
the type of behaviour that she hopes everybody in New Zealand will follow. And um, I think that that's also a really good um, example to all of us and, and all of us who want to be good leaders and, you know, social workers want to be good leaders. It's um, really being able to model what it is that you want to see from other people. And I think that's been great. Yeah. So I think, yeah, looking ahead, I mean, you've already talked about the importance of looking for the, the common good. And I think social workers are people who can help see that and articulate it and make it visible and enable people who might be left out of that discussion to be part of it. And also, when we're looking for what the common good means, we need to look in all kinds of places. Um, so again, I think the more the more I've um, sort of from the conference last summer, from going to different countries in the UK, from talking to different people, having more opportunity, really more exposure to um, UK wide and international experiences. I think it's it's just made and yeah, and, and the way that the world is changing and the, the way that the identity discussions are developing and people who haven't been heard before sort of having you know, standing up for themselves. I think we've just got it's you know there's it's wide open what good is yeah you know, it's wide open what the what um what the right way is to do things and the more we listen to um diversity the more likely we are to 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 come to a synthesis of things that actually work well and i think that for me you know because the thing is that whilst you've had um your year of of looking outwards um with with your position at baswell which has been fantastic um there are lots of people who spend every day working in their own small patch, um, perhaps sometimes getting lost in, in the problems that they're facing and the context that they're working in. Um, and one of the things that I learned from listening to you and from working with you is that it is so healthy and helpful to look out and to look up and to look out um, um, and, and I think it'll help social workers grow in confidence and help them be able to use their power to challenge the powerful on behalf of the powerless, which is one of the big things that I'd like to see us doing more of this year. Yeah, and there's lots of scope through Twitter and blogs and lots of things are now live streamed. And you know, there's scope to actually get those different perspectives, even if yeah. you can't get to the place. Um, mm, mm. And that's one of the things I love about social media, isn't it? It's wonderful that you can hear views from around the world, people that you'd never have the chance to meet in person. Mm. You can have a conversation. So, yeah, so there's lots of And the last thing, Mm. oh, sorry, I was just going to say, the other thing that we haven't mentioned this year, but which I think is really important, has been the way that young people have started challenging us, um, politicians and adults, about how we're responding to the environmental crisis. Um, and I really love the idea of supporting children um, in their political awakening and helping them to understand and participate more in a democratic process because we all need to have those skills to think critically, evaluate information and challenge in safe ways because that's what helps democracy work well. That's a real positive note to end on, I think, actually. Um, as we look to the future, the the people uniting around the big issues and um, getting together to challenge things is is something really positive 